Hello, welcome to Good Trash Archdiocese. Our first ever attempt at a tabletop RPG uh, for you, dear Patreons, and possibly in the future, our uh, traditional listeners. We're still figuring out that release plan. Um, but we thought it'd be something to do different and fun. That's not just us talking about pop culture, uh, because everything's going to uh, the hell in a handbasket. Yeah, you're going to need a lot more content to keep you preoccupied in the coming so, months. And so are we, probably. Yeah, we're going to need a so. lot. Oh, God, we're going to have so much more free time. Yeah, uh, it's a weird society we now live in. Uh, my shoes are squeaky. I apologize for those sound effects. I didn't intend for that. Um, They're fun, though. there'll be sound effects in the show proper. We all know you're putting your latex suit on. Depending on how much free time on, this could be like a fully... You know, uh, <laughs> produced audio drama. I don't know yet. Um, but uh, just real I am Arthur, obviously, talking to you in your sweet ear canals, not Dustin. I'm Dustin, actually. The roles have been reversed. They have. And I am Dalton, ever wherever they need me to be. So we are playing Monster of the Week, uh, a tabletop RPG. Can't remember who wrote it. Um, actually, it may be on the sheet, if I'm not mistaken. Well, yes, Michael do... Sands. Thanks, Michael Sands. It's uh, an adaptation of the uh, Apocalypse World uh, RPG, right? No. Um, powered by the Apocalypse. Powered by the Apocalypse. Yeah. Right. Um, if you're into the, yeah, the under the hoods of how this is going to work. And so this is published by Evil Hat uh productions and so if you're really interested in this you can find a lot of the printable resources on their website you can buy the book it's like 20 bucks on amazon you might be able to find it online as well uh, in other places and so this is a little different than a traditional D campaign a lot simpler a lot more story driven and improv driven um and really I, I will be playing the keeper so i'll be in charge of the npcs and setting up the story but this is really uh, Dalton and Dustin's game to drive, um, and insofar as how it plays, and what they make me do, and what I make them do, which I think will be a lot of fun. Uh, in a traditional D and D, you kind of map out a campaign. Uh, in Monster of the Week, you just set up a scenario, um, just like your favorite Monster of the Week shows. If you've ever seen X Files, if you've ever seen Buffy, uh, Supernatural, that's exactly what we're doing. Uh, we're setting that dynamic up. Um, as far as moves, not a lot of moves. Uh, each character has six basic moves that they have, such as uh, acting under pressure, which is in their tight situation, and they just have to try to figure out a way to get around it. Um, helping out, investigating a mystery, uh, kicking some butt, uh, manipulating someone, protecting someone, reading a bad situation, and using magic. Um, so real simple dynamic there. There are some also character-based moves as well. Um, depending on the playbooks. And that's the other thing. This comes with playbooks, and that's where you choose your character type. I think there are 12 in the book. I think you can find some additional fan-created ones online. Uh, we are playing with uh, some from the core set. And so I, I've eliminated a couple of options. Uh, in, in the traditional, there is a The Chosen, uh, which is a real Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, which could kind of weight the narrative a little bit differently, and we didn't really want to get into that. Yeah, the best uh, use of that seems to be uh, the way it gets uh, deployed in the Adventure Zone, where they kind of assume that Chosen is a Chosen, not the Chosen, who's just supposed to be a cog of destiny at a certain point. But yeah, I, we were all very much on board with shooting that one out, out just so we could kind of keep the dynamic world buddy copy between a Justin bit and more scooby-doo yes. yeah not having one one of us kind of draw the narrative drive the narrative of you know the overarching where we're going yeah and the other big element of this is i'm as the keeper i won't be rolling any of these uh dice um but dalton and dustin will have two sets or a set of d6 uh, that they will each have to roll uh, to decide their moves and it's pretty much uh pass kind of pass or fail um, and once you start failing, you gain experience points, and that's how you'll start leveling up. Um, so that's really the basic of this. 
Uh, we'll figure it out as we go along. It's my first time to do anything like this, so I'm excited for you. And I'm excited. I think it'll be a fun uh, test of improv skill and storytelling. Um, I'm, I'm excited. Dustin's first time with this particular RPG. He's done things like this before. Uh, not like this. No, I've only done like Pathfinder. And but you've, you've yeah. played some tabletop. Yeah, I've played some tabletop. Yeah. yeah. Have you never done any tabletop no. at all before? Oh wow! I love that you're jumping in as a as a, a game. Yeah, master. we're gonna try it. You're probably gonna have to help me along, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> well, no, I guess that's a collaborative. Effort. I think that's the thing. This is a collaborative game. That and, is the fun so, thing about this game. Yeah, yeah. and that, I guess I, I have played Monster of the Week a little bit before uh, a short campaign with uh, some friends that you might know. So you're, you're Kirsten Thurkelsons, you're Heath Huffman, you're Alex Sanchez. Names you know if you listen to our shows. Uh, but yeah, I, I've never recorded one before. Uh, I'm very excited. The first for us, for me, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I think that'll be uh, a lot of fun as well. Uh, so the way this kind of breaks down, we've already got our character sheets filled out. I've already got a story set up. We're gonna have to kind of merge all of those elements together. Uh, now that I've got their information, I can kind of inform my narrative a little differently or sway it a little better to fit the the situation. Um, and you guys have your character sheets filled out and ready. Uh, so we're gonna do introductions. Uh, on this episode, we're going to talk about our character histories, or you're going to talk about your character histories. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the town uh, that you'll be visiting in the first mystery, um, and probably give you the hook to close out this episode zero of Archdiocese. So, sound good? Very good to me. Very excited. All right, so let's go ahead and start with Dustin. Uh, Dustin, you're going to give us uh, your introduction. Uh, so, you're going to tell us uh, your name, you're going to kind of describe yourself, um, and, you know, kind of give us some core information about your, your character. All right. Well, my character is uh, Father Titus T. Beauregard, uh, who has been uh, pastoring in uh, the parishes around New Orleans and also across the American South. Can so we I get that name one more time real quick? Titus T. Beauregard. Titus T. Beauregard. Okay, yes. thank you. He's a, a bit of a southern gentleman and uh, maybe a, a bit of a noob, uh, the sort of character class I'm using as the initiate. And so he is a member of the Roman Catholic Church. That is a particular sect that we're dealing with uh, for all my sect connections. But um, he's got a problem. He keeps running into weird stuff. He keeps going into churches, and all of a sudden, there are vampires, and he badly kills one once. Uh, it goes very, very badly, and gives him something of a limp, and uh, he now carries a cane, which also twists off into his fighting stick. How old's Titus? Titus is in his mid-30s. Okay, all right. So just A little the, younger than me. The cane is, is a direct result of the ouchies. So yeah, he's got, he's got a little bit of a limp, but also slightly psychosomatic, which he's also medicating um, with alcohol in the closet, but that's a whole other conversation. Uh, we, don't, we don't talk about a man's problems in that way. Uh, so <laughs> Not if I have anything to say about it oh well i, I say we'll so. get you are character you, soon, you are an impertinent <laughs> imp on you i most certainly will be <laughs> and we we've heard a bit of a little draw there already <laughs> i'm excited about this character voice <laughs> so um nonetheless uh he uh has encountered those kinds of things he's done an exorcism at two at need and the church is like that's fine but if you do that much more we're gonna send you to you know El Dorado, Arkansas, and, um, you know, basically just the armpits of the world and uh, make you go away because we don't believe in this kind of stuff. It's very much the situation of the exorcist uh, where, uh, you know, I'm a Father Merrick kind of character who as you know, we got psychology, we got therapeutic stuff, we got those kind of things, and that's the sort of uh, standard tact that the church is taking, and I'm saying, ah, uh, but I believe there's something supernatural going on here and something ought to be done, yet no one does anything. So, so, uh, 
How how long have you been of the cloth? Uh, right out of uh, so right out of college into I went to I went to the University of Notre Dame, studied with the Yankees, and uh, after that time I uh, went to the American University and studied with the Jesuits, and um, I also have a Jesuit ordination alongside uh, my priestly orders that I received upon my graduation. This is just Earth Two, Dustin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the direction your life could have gone. So you're mid thirties. You probably spent. What five six years in, in school? Doing so yeah, so like, you've probably been about eight to ten years. Yeah, ten practicing. years. Ten years of practicing as a, as a priest. Yes, okay. correct. And in those ten years, I have done two exorcisms and uh, randomly killed a vampire, sort of by accident, uh, upon that particular encounter, which left me with a bit of a limp. But now I find myself. Uh, did you know it was a vampire, or did you? think it was a vampire. I did not know, but the vampire revealed himself, and I had to take care of business, and I did not do a good job. How did you kill that vampire? Uh, well, I don't like to talk about it, but we ended up in something of a rumble. We fell down the steps, and he fell on a picket fence. Uh, it was <laughs> it was kind of an accident. And which of the legs is messed up? Uh, my right leg. All right, I have to sanction off parts of my brain, because there's no way my character's going to know this, but this is... Oh, so good. <laughs> so good. This is information my character is going to be desperate to have. However, Killed a vampire by accident. Yes. By a picket fence. We'll get there. Love How, it. However, now I am the last ranked student at my local jujitsu gym and uh, <laughs> am trying to work up my abilities in the fighting arts because it seems that I have a calling that these things keep coming around me and somebody's got to do something about it. I'm motivated. So how far into your your duties did you start encountering this evil oh my my my, my very first cat out the bag uh, as soon as <laughs> as soon as i arrived in <laughs> in nacogdoches parish as you might know um i was called to a home as one is and said there's a daughter here who's got serious problems would you talk to her her head rotated 385 degrees i know that's more than 360 it was sideways and it was very <laughs> troubling for me and I decided that maybe therapy was not going to be the answer. All right. I, I think we've got a good background <laughs> there. Um, Dalton, do you have any other questions you want to parse out before you go to your introduction? No, I think we'll get there because I think all my questions are going to be about how our characters know each other and our, okay. our background stuff. So, yeah, I guess I guess I have no questions as of thus far. I've appreciated all the info we've gotten. <laughs> all right, Dalton. Yes. Will you... Give us, hang on, let me find my sheet for you. Will you uh, give us your uh, introduction to your character, what's your type, and then go from there? Yeah, I, I'm going to be using the uh, the Monstrous playbook, uh, which is, you know, your your, your spikes, your angels, your lorns, uh, your your monsters gone monster hunter. Lorne Michaels? Uh, no, Lorne the... Uh, that is a monster. <laughs> that is also a monster. No, Lorne the demon from Angel, who gotcha. uh, owns a lounge at oh, a fun. bar. Great character. Uh, a little bit of inspiration there for this character, but uh, I am Ed the Mischief Demon. Um, still haven't decided on my voice yet. I'm not there uh, yet. I'm really glad you came prepared for that, though, Dustin. Um, <laughs> still workshopping some things. Uh, uh, Ed is uh, a 19-year-old appearing, uh, clearly a demon. Uh, real, uh, you know, tiny little horns on his forehead, uh, let's say maybe uh, bluish skin, definitely a demon, clearly a demon, uh, and yet uh, those who are uninitiated to uh, the demonic and occult just totally miss him by. Uh, so Ed uh, 
has been on this plane of reality for probably 50 year years, uh, 50 years or so. He was summoned by accident by Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard when they were doing their jerk-off rituals at the JPL laboratories. So you're a semen demon. Uh, I'm so, I, I like to think it was by accident. Uh, you know, look, the, the Nazis summoned Hellboy, uh, and they got the king of hell, and these, these weirdos in a basement got Ed, the mischief demon, uh, who was uh, a baby at the time and has bummed around the U.S. ever since, uh, causing mischief. Uh, he got really into uh, The Simpsons, uh, really sees Bart Simpson as something of a, a hero, uh, sees Bart as a true embodiment uh, of a human potential for uh, anarchy. Uh, big, big fan of that character. Uh, really stuck with him. So, yeah, he uh, took up skateboarding for a little bit. Uh, loves his print shirts. Uh, loves his vans. Really, really just had a great time in the 90s. Really found himself, and he's been right around 18, 19 years old by human definitions for probably the last couple of decades. Uh, just been having a good time bumming around. Uh, and started to see that uh, being a human in a world with monsters is pretty difficult. And he has, you know, through his love of popular culture, come to appreciate humanity. Uh, and that's how he's found himself on the side of uh, fighting other monsters in the world. Because uh, as much as he likes messing with humans, uh, he is drawn pure. Uh, he has a pure drive towards cruelty, which manifests as his making of mischief. Uh, and uh, yeah, he saw how 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 tough it is for these people out here. What with their capitalism. Uh, and they're, you know, demons from beyond the nethers. Uh, so, yeah, he's, he's decided to do his part uh, and try to help out uh, on Earth because, you know, it's just a good place to be. He likes it. So you said you were summoned as a baby. Yes. Who raised you? Ooh. Uh, or what? Uh, probably. Uh, TV. Spent, yeah, I, I, I think uh, Ed probably spent some time uh, in California, probably through the late 70s. Uh, I would imagine. I imagine he didn't take out uh, on his own until he's probably, uh, you know, an adolescent by human definitions. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, it's been a lot of time causing uh, chaos uh, up and down the California coast, probably, uh, before deciding to move his way inland. You're uh, why that riot started at Altamont. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like you're yeah, responsible. Yeah, I, yeah. Ed spent a lot of time in uh, baby carriers on the back of motorcycles in the mid to late 60s. Yeah, yeah. Bummed around uh, with hippies uh, because, yeah, I mean, obviously he did. Uh, the hippies that were into the occult were like, well, this is cool. And the hippies who weren't were like, oh, what a cute baby. Uh, or what a weird looking baby. Um, and people have just kind of accepted Ed's existence throughout his life. Uh, he, he has an unnatural appeal. Uh, so his weirdness is something that people find charming uh, for whatever reason, uh, probably because of his mischiefness. He doesn't know a whole lot about demon life or lore uh, just because he's only ever known the human world other than, you know, his innate demonic biological urges. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's been a, a learning process for him. Uh, maybe he knows some demons doesn't really have any footholds in that underworld just yet. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he's found himself in a series uh, of adventures throughout his life. Uh, probably past uh, courses with people you've heard of, but, you know, we don't need to get into that. When you appear to a normie, as we'll call them, yeah, those uninformed or uninitiated, you take on a kind of disguised appearance, and they just kind of think you're odd-looking, kind of blinded to your demon form. Do you retain, like, do you still kind of have a blue skin, and they think you just have, like, a circulatory problem? Yeah, I think it just doesn't register. It just fully, it is so far out of the realm of, you know, we live in a very non-magically inclined world. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think it just, people who are not initiated in the existence of the monstrous, it, it just kind of fully goes over their head. Still looks like a demon. Uh, it just kind of, it much, it maybe 
a, a little bit of they live glasses. Like once you know about the occult, a demon's very obvious to you. Uh, but if you don't uh, have like some uh, prior buy-in, maybe the extra religious are a little bit more uh, curious about me. Uh, but yeah, I think he probably just looks like a demon to everybody. And it just through whatever uh, demonic uh, magics uh, or cross-dimensional perceptions, yeah, just kind of water off a duck's back for most people. And people who are, uh, you know, particularly inclined to the occult are either curious or uh, uh, shocked. Personally, uh, I find him quite repulsive. However, <laughs> can't blame a boy for who his mom and daddy were. He came by it honest. That's true. Uh, he does have something of an energetic aura. Um, that's something you have to pick. If you're playing as the monstrous, monstrous type, you have to pick an aura. Uh, so, yeah, Ed just has a... a a way about him that uh, seems to make situations a little bit more heightened than they would need to be. Um, if your club was going to have an otherwise quiet Friday night, yeah, a fight might break out. If your your Ultimate Festival was going to have an otherwise uneventful uh, series of music performances, maybe the Hells Angels stab a couple of people. Uh, that's, you know, uh, Ed can't help himself. He just is who he is. Now... um. Have you ever pranked or done anything super mischievous to anybody famous? Yeah, Black Monday. Uh, the stock market crash in the 80s, that was Ed. <laughs> uh, he got he got in with the right people, uh, and yeah, around the, that decade, uh, he'd have been, he looked like a 15, 16, 17-year-old, uh, able enough to convince people with money and not enough common sense that he knew what the next big thing was. Uh, so yeah, Ed had a big, a big hand in Black for Black Monday. Uh, feels pretty bad about it. That was a, a big turning point in his life, realizing just how far his powers would go if he didn't try to keep a cap on them. That that's probably the, his his biggest claim to fame. Love it. All right, now do you have any questions for him? I do not believe I do at this time. Okay, now we've made our introductions. Now yeah. we're going to kind of pick our history. Uh, so each of you are going to take a turn picking something. Uh, that cements the history you have, and you'll kind of work that out, and we'll probably try to figure out ways to work that in uh, to the narrative as best we can. Okay. Um, and so by the time we're done, you'll each have two pieces of history, one from your him, and he'll have one for you. That's okay. That's kind of how that works. Well, so. Dustin, I'll, I'll let you take us off, man. You, you seem to – I feel like Ed and, uh, and Titus probably already know each other. Yes, and so I have the selection here of you met researching mystical weirdness, and you've been occult comrades ever since. And so okay. I, I think perhaps our paths may have crossed in New Orleans, and uh, we did some... Oh, yeah, Ed loves a drinking town. Oh, well, yeah, but I mean, you know, I, I prefer Southern Comfort to, to, to a bourbon street, but, you know, we'll do what we got to do. Um, but anyway, uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know what that entails precisely. Um, I wanted your contribution on that. So, I mean, like I said, I've got my vampire story. I've got my couple exorcisms and whatnot under my belt. So at some point, you were there. I was there. There was a thing. So where were you researching this mystical weirdness? I mean, is there, you know, was there a, a, a section in the library? Was there just like a, a place in town where you found these oh. texts? Or how how did you... I guess met whilst researching. So I would say I was probably, oh, well, let's do it this way. I was doing the voodoo tour, um, as one does, uh, okay. when, when you right. fall into the world of the occult. And one of those New Orleans voodoo tours? Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. like I've been pastoring here for many, many years now, and I just figure i got to figure out a little bit about the place itself, why I keep running into this stuff. So, um, yes, on a voodoo tour. 
That makes sense. Okay. Now, why was Ed on the voodoo tour? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Ed had heard that the tour guide for the voodoo tour uh, had a good coke connection. Um, you know, it's a it's a port town. Coke or coat? Coke. Okay, okay. Uh, and it just wanted to see what it could happen. Look. As in soda? Uh, mm, as in sugar booger. <laughs> uh, booger, booger sugar. Uh, yeah, look, Ed... Ed no, <laughs> you're Ed, doing muffles Ed now. finds that, yeah, your voice is intoxicating. What can I say? Uh, you know, Ed, it is intoxicated Ed, at Ed, most times. Uh, you know, Ed, uh, Ed sees an opportunity uh, to have a good time. And, you know, takes it. I don't know. What do you want from me? <laughs> I like that voice. I think I might say... I've been thinking of something like this. Marky yeah. Mark and Benoit Blanc here. Yeah, I've been, I've been thinking of something around here. Uh, yeah, trying to... I'm kind of kind of find where what the right amount of nasal, what the right amount of yeah. I'm trying to get too coastally specific or anything. Uh, but yeah, Ed was probably on the voodoo tour now. Uh, just just to get into a good time, just to see what kind of trouble he could find. It's New Orleans. He knew there'd be a lot of tourists. He kind of knew that the tour guide, you know, might know something uh, about how he could get into some trouble. Uh, look, it takes a lot of drugs to do things to a demon. So uh, he's he's always looking for a sure thing. Um, if I might suggest our monster encounter that made us buds, then. well, so, that's what. So one of my uh, my history. Okay. Uh, if, if we, I kind of like wh- where you were going with that. Uh, the thing that I was looking at that I was thinking about is uh, that you tried to slay me, uh, and I proved I was on the side of good. Uh, how were you convinced? Was it helping you with that research? Did I did I agree to help you with something? What's what What do you think about that? Well, I I mean nothing will bring two opponents together like a uh, a shared enemy. So perhaps whilst we were in our encounter, uh, whilst on the back corners of the particular voodoo uh, tour, we encountered uh, zombies. That's fun. Uh, I was kind of thinking, though, uh, I mean, if if you tried to go after me, though, what would... uh... Did you did you see me and like clock me as a threat? Yes. Since you so had you're done both, a couple of exorcisms, I was gonna I was gonna put you down. Okay. When did you? Okay, so you both are on this tour together, yeah. going through town, and did you just clock him immediately as as a demon, or were you like something's off about this guy? Like, yeah. Did you know did immediately? That play or out? Did you follow me? I, I oh. Did you follow me with the intent to hunt me, or did you follow me because you could tell I was weird? I followed you because I could tell you were weird. Didn't clock me as a demon. Right I was. Away. I wasn't sure because I'm not used to this. Yeah, yeah I'm. I'm. T- I'm. I'm too green. At the time you go on the voodoo tour, do you have like what? Maybe your your two exorcisms under your yeah, belt. Yeah, two exorcisms and one vampire. Oh, you, the, you've done it all. At this yeah, point. the the accidental vampire. I, gotcha. I just know so you know there's something bigger out there. But I don't know jack. Yeah, you don't know what the limits I, on I, bigness are. So I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm your first demon, so it doesn't phase. It, you're just like, what's going on here? I'm useless okay. in most regards. Do you feel like the vibe I'm putting out on the tour is that maybe what part? Of it is it's like there is there 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 is something not quite right with that boy. That's what his fucking priest keeps uh, keeps uh, eyeballing me. I don't know what he's, yeah, what's uh, what's your problem. All right, I got to get off this tour. I don't, I don't like this. Yeah, so you guys leave. You're you're you know uh, now. Um, Ed is trying to leave the tour, and you're there watching him. You're you're really off put by his. His whole demeanor, you're still not clocking that he's a demon, something looks off about the guy. Why do you decide to follow him? Well, the boy is ugly as homemade soap, and uh, there's, <laughs> there's a real problem there. And uh, I just, I've, I, I get the willies. And so uh, when the willies come, I usually pay attention at this point. So I'm following him now. Now, half a Bushwick would disagree with him, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody's got their own opinions. You know, I can't I can't be responsible for what people think about my face. <laughs> so now, do you guys get into a, a brawl, or how yeah, does I, that encounter go down? I think maybe uh, he, he he tries to get handsy with me, uh, just to like maybe ask me a question, and I overreact. 
and maybe I start the fight, and that's where it kind of escalates. Uh, but what what happens that convinces you that like I, I'm somebody that you can actually trust in your your monster hunting? Because I just think you're some some guy trying to trying to yeah, have your way with me. I don't know what your deal is. Some priest comes up with comes up to me and tries to hit me with a stick. I right. don't know what to think. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm on the point here. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, yeah, this is your call. You you get to decide what is it about Ed that you ended up finding trustworthy. Something. Well, you have described very little trustworthy up until this point. Well, I think Ed is probably still, you know, indulging in his vices. He can't help but uh, cause mischief wherever he goes. But I think Ed maybe other than, uh, you know, maybe he was in New Orleans because he's uh, maybe spent the last year or two. Uh, trying to make inroads in the monster world. Look, it's hard. If you didn't grow up as a monster, they don't uh, they don't exactly cotton to you super quick. So well, maybe he's he was in New Orleans to try and uh, get to know some some people in the voodoo community. Maybe see if there's any demons in New Orleans. See if he can get an in with the community so he can try to figure out who needs fighting. So, I mean, I, I would I would I would foresee that um, Father Beauregard would be you know hollering at the top of his lungs, sort of you know you know you are here to destroy our fair you know mm-hmm. domicile and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, that uh, we're not going to allow you know uh, you to uh, you know bring about the end of the world and yeah. infest this world with the demons and all that kind of stuff. So you've got to make some sort of defense, I would think. Well, maybe that was what it was. The uh, the research we did together, maybe I kind of finally was like, oh, okay, I see what your deal is. You're you're on some okay, oh, oh you got you caught you caught the bug, huh? You got one of those old oh, I'm a small marble. I don't matter in the grand cosmic scheme of things. Beasts from beyond want to devour my soul and succumb my yeah, blah blah blah. Okay, you want to help fight monsters. Perfect. Uh, I don't know why uh, he's gone here now. I, we'll see what happens with that. Look, I got to pick a voice I can do for like an hour at a time. This might be the one I land on. It's a, it's a little more Brooklyn. I, it's, I, I, it, look, it, it lands in more Brooklyn than I wanted it to, but it kind of feels fun. I, who who can say? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe yeah. Maybe that uh, it, it was uh, me telling you. All right, I, I have the connection on like good spooky research. Uh, maybe that was because that that was what you yeah had picked yeah for yeah history, you right? you want to fight the real bads and yeah. well I want to fight the real bads and I just found the first bad yeah. I found and you're like no 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 I'm like you know God come on bud vampires and me we you want to fight a vampire come on. everybody's fought a vampire <laughs> Jesus I fought thirty it's more like three but still you know everybody's fought a vampire They're everywhere. So Ed's a real, the fish was this big. Yeah, yeah, it's, I fought a monster. What, 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 what you want to fight a Wendigo? I've seen a fucking Wendigo before. <laughs> eh, not that scary. <laughs> all talk. So yeah, okay. Wend- Wendigos are all talk. So, they're all, oh, I'm going to make you eat your sister. Oh, I'm going to invade your brain. You're going to want a, you're gonna want a human flesh. They don't do anything. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so yeah, maybe it was uh, my my good natured humor and uh, my like. Oh, okay. Let, let, let's go where the real secret spooky books are. So it's like okay, so you're on the side of the yeah yeah. Like I, I'm on the side of the angels. I want to like defend and purify and those kind of things. You're like okay, fine, that's fine. Uh, I'm I'm a you know like I said a small potato or whatever is what you're suggesting. Yeah. And I will I will connect you where you yeah. can do some real work. Yeah, maybe right. maybe there was that. So that he's was your the, essentially a fence type. He's your connection to the to the underground. Well, of that's the world. how he looks at it. Yeah, yeah I, I yeah. look at it uh, as uh, I, I'm the one that brought him up to the big time. He was perfectly content to do exorcisms. And so you're, his man- you're Don here. King. I'm his manager. Uh, okay. Oh, Tebow, you want to talk to Tebow? You got to come through me. <laughs> Tebow, yeah, Tebow. I love that. Hey, my buddy Titus. Tebow. <laughs> Titus Tebow. Regard. I love yeah. it. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. As soon as you said that, I was like, Ed's got to call you something other than that. That's ridiculous. I kind of, oh man, I'm, these characters are going to have a good time together. I think so. I think it's going to be a blast. All right. So I think the last question, just so I can know, I think our lead in when we do start proper is so where are we at? So you, you're, you're connected now. How much are you, do you have like a little, like, side operation? How are you actively seeking out cases? How long have you kind of been working together? Well, I imagine because uh, we're going on the road mm-hmm. uh, to to travel the U.S. to try to uh, find what we can find. Uh, did you ask for like because you're still an employee of the Roman Catholic Church, right? I am. I still hold my parish. I used Craigslist. You used Craigslist for? <laughs> I just said um, offering supernatural um, investigation and elimination services, ordained Catholic priest. Well, that's perfect. Uh, <laughs> so, are you like taking a leave of absence from your parish in New Orleans? I try just to make it back by is Sunday. This, your, this is your weekly job, and yeah. the, the, Sundays oh, so are we, reserved for the okay, church. Okay, so we have to get. Hold on. <laughs> This is a now, new... I mean, obviously, I would love to get in trouble. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I would gotcha. love to get in trouble. Gotcha. I, I feel like that ought to be part of the narrative. Okay. All right. That's fun. But I, I, have, I have a hobby that's about to take over my life. Gotcha. Okay. So maybe this is, you, you've just placed the, cra- the, the, we're starting our first mystery if you assume that uh, uh, this New Orleans voodoo tour case that we ended up on. Uh, if you assume that's the uh, the movie The Nice Guys that ends on us forming our detective agency, this right. is the the first call we get. Is yeah. that kind of what if, you're thinking? Yeah, it's like all right, we'll, we 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 shall work together. I okay. believe. Yeah. All right, all right. I like that. Cool. All right. So let me tell you a little bit uh, about where you're going to be going for this first mission. Tell you about the the town. We'll do it that way. Yeah. And yeah. Then we'll go into the hook probably from there. Okay. And end it. Um. So this first mission is going to see you going into, I'm going to call it missions, but mysteries, story, whatever we want to wind up calling it, um, is going to take you to a town called Klein, Colorado. Okay? I love Colorado. Klein is situated in north central Colorado. <laughs> I real life pastored in Colorado. <laughs> roughly about 150 <laughs> miles uh, from Denver. Uh, and it's a small town, probably around 1,500, yeah, 2,000 people. Of- a what? I've been. Is it Klein's real, right? No, no. I've made this up. Okay, I was like, wait a minute. It may sound like a real town. Like, but is that? That's like, I was like, you said, it like, I'm painting these pictures 50, for you, baby. Oh, yeah, fifty miles from Denver. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Hundred and fifty. Hundred and fifty. Hundred and fifty. Okay, no. Yeah. Yeah. So it's close, close your eyes. Let Arthur paint a, you a mind. I did draw out a map, but oh. I forgot to bring it home. But I'll, I'll, I'll have it when we start. <laughs> I look forward to this map. Um, so this area is is home to several of the largest wool producing farms in the state. Uh, giant wool industry here. Um. And it was established in 1911. Uh, when that's when the post office was built, and they chartered the town. Um, and then outside of a couple, you know, it's got churches, a school, a diner, you know, city hall, real small town affair. Uh, there's one right off of I think Highway, I think it's 14. Uh, there's just a main drag through town. Uh, it kind of does an S shape as it goes outside of town, and it just ends at the ranches. Uh, the most notable ranch is going to be the Montgomery uh, Sheep Ranch. Uh, he's kind of the bigger producer of wool in the city. Um, now, how many sheep are we talking here? I don't know what. You know, what's, what's a good number? Two, three hundred, four hundred? I don't uh, know. I don't. I should have done the research on the sheep wool. Three hundred would be a lot of sheep. Oh, Let's do two fifty. God, so many sheep. Let's do two fifty. He's oh, got I a small. Get, oh, you could do so much with those sheep. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Sorry. Go Maybe on. not sheep. Okay. Call me yourself. No, I mean, well, you can just let him go. <laughs> Think about it. Think about the chaos. Oh my God. You could, I mean, look, don't even think about the carnal stuff you could do to the sheep. Don't, <laughs> we don't need to get into that. 
I had not. <laughs> <laughs> Klein's a real old-fashioned, a real traditional town. Um, all of the businesses that are there are kind of family-owned, passed down through the generations. Uh, a lot of Germanic roots in Klein. Oh, so a lot of murderers. Okay. <laughs> a lot of Nazis. Yeah, a lot of, well, I, you know, I just assume because they're in Colorado. And I don't uh, think they're Nazis. I think these guys all came over before that whole episode. Well, no, I just say because they're in Colorado and they're white, I assume they're murderers. <laughs> well, the Colorado Germans are also Catholics. So oh, that's is, that, is, is that a thing? That's a thing. That's going to be very helpful to them. Not, not, not so much with the Lutherans that's good, in the, Colorado. Yeah, I, I understand the Protestants. They don't like you guys, right? Uh, we are uh, working on it. Is that how that works? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, so I'm picturing when you you drive in the Klein, just real small. There's some mountains in the you know in the background as you're driving through town. You see all the peaks in the distance, probably the Rockies, um, a lot of trees, pine trees, fir trees, all that fun stuff. Kind of on the outside of, of town, it's backed up against a forest. Uh, there's a river running south of the town. I believe it's uh, called Grizzly Creek, um, running just south of the town. Um, as you drive down that main strip that moves, uh, it goes east to west through town. Um, you're going to pass, uh, there's a hospital, you know, some small buildings, grocery store, mom and pop shops, uh, the diner, bakery, police department, city hall, the bandstand are centrally located in town. Uh, the church is just about the heart of the city, uh, Catholic church, uh, right there in the heart. Excellent. Um, I might find a colleague there. You could find a colleague there. Um, and so that, that's why I'm putting, you know, it's real, you know, real small town, real podunk kind of a place. Nobody's ever left there. Uh, most people just grown up there, graduate high school, and just stay there, take over the family business. Gotcha. Um, there are a few outsiders. Uh, J.R. Uh, Montgomery, he's actually uh, an out-of-towner from Denver. He moved to a small town to kind of get away from the city life and do this ranch thing. Oh, a carpetbagger. There. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you Townie. Read, yeah, you read my mind there, uh, <laughs> Tebow. I, I know a grifter when I see one. Uh, the big thing, though, that the city is known for, every year in January, uh, around the... Um, Feast of Epiphany. Uh, they host a big uh, dumpling and wool festival here. So there's a lot of competition. You know, small town baking competitions, kind of state fair type. That's or county fair. Six Dalton. I'm, I'm listening attentively. I'm letting him paint his picture. Thank you for telling me yeah, what it was. Early though. January though. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of one of the big economic factors for the city was this 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 festival that hosts every year brings in a lot of outsiders. If you've ever been to one of these small-town festivals, you know what I'm talking about. A lot of vendors, people selling their wool goods, people selling their foods. Um, a lot like, I'm thinking kind of maybe like Yukon's Czech Festival, uh, where you got the kind of kolache stand set up, some vendors coming in. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of the atmosphere you'll be playing in. There's a motel, obviously. Um, just about anything you'd need, but just real small town, nothing Nothing besides the basics is, is what I'm picturing. Right, now, are we going to be there during this uh, wool festival that you speak of? Well... Oh, okay. You'll find out. I don't mean to get you through ahead. Is that Klein with a K or Klein with a C? K. K-L-E-I-N. All right. Yep. I'm trying to take notes. I'm trying to be a good participant in the storytelling. Like Calvin. Yes, like everything he says. He says it like he's about to make love to it. I don't understand why he would be a priest. (laughs) Um, If I was unleashed on the female population, terrible things would happen. He had to take them vows yeah. for <laughs> oh, a reason. Good Lord. <laughs> um, I had to take a vow of celibacy for the sake of others. That's all right. I'll, uh, I'll make up for both of us. I bet you will. I certainly have already. <laughs> so, And like I said, this is nestled in just north of the creek, and it's backed up right against the Medicine Bow Route uh, National Forests. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right there. Okay? Okay. Cool. 
Um, do we know who called us? Do we know? I think that'll be the that'll be okay. More more later. That'll okay. be your hook. I think. Okay, is how we'll go ahead and do that. Okay. Um, do we have any more questions uh, about the what's going on in this town? Kind of just base information. We don't know any other ranches other than the Mister J on Montgomery. No, he's he's the most prominent. Um, he's kind of the the ranch in town. All right. So there are probably some smaller ones, but he's the the guy. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I think I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, solid. No, I'm saying anything else we need to know about the town. I imagine we'll come through in gameplay next week or next time, whenever we uh, we get together again. So yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'm very excited to visit the town of Klein, Colorado. All right. So um, now tell me about. Let's go back a little bit. Uh, and and Tebow's set up in Yollins. Does does he have like an apartment, an office? Kind of what's his? Oh, I live in the rectory, okay. as one does. Um, so just off the uh, the the main the main cathedral, and uh, right next to the graveyard. Okay. So then you have Wi Fi. You have a computer there. Is that where you do I some have, research? I have all those things. Yes, we are living in the twenty first century. <laughs> okay. And, and when you get one of your Craigslist messages, is that where you yes. would check it out there <clears throat> in the rectory? Correct. Okay. Correctory. Correctory. Rector, I uh, hardly know her. Am I right? <laughs> uh, and uh, I've been uh, I've been taking to sleeping uh, in the pews lately. Uh, you know, I, I didn't exactly come to New Orleans with a, a long term housing situation established, so I, I assume that I've been staying with Debo for the last couple of weeks while we try to get uh, our uh, monster hunting operation up and uh, running. His presence has been quite difficult to explain. I th- think I'm lovely. The altar boys seem very amused by uh, my juggling. They seem like that's very funny. Uh, they like that. The uh, Mrs. Mrs. Snyderson, uh, she she brought me cookies. Uh, it was very sweet of her. Uh, I couldn't eat them. Uh, she had blessed them, which was a very rude thing to do, but, you know. They was, were quite tasty. They smelled delicious. <laughs> All right. So um, let's go ahead. I'm going to give you the hook. I think we'll wrap it up here. Okay. So I'm this ready. is going to be your kind of setup into this world. Um so I'm picturing Father uh, Titus Tebow Beauregard uh, is in his uh, room at the rectory um, on the computer. Tell me about the rectory. What's, what does your room look like? It's a quite simple room. We've got a, a valise there by, that I've converted into something of a workstation. I've got uh, my bed, and I've also got, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. Got a little British there. I, uh, <laughs> got a little British in you. Hey, Tebow, where, you you, where did you go? I also have <laughs> where are you? My, my crucifix hanging above my bed, but it's quite spotting. I, I'm thinking, I'm picturing First Reform, I'm picturing uh, Ethan Hawke's little, little Correct. room. Correct. Almost identical, real yes. Real bare. Yes. Oh, God, yeah. He, he, he won't shut up about this film. He Loves it. <laughs> it is quite good, um, despite the fact that he is a godless Protestant, but nonetheless. Ed, did you like the movie? Uh, the film? Oh, yeah, I loved it. Uh, I love to see humans reckoning with uh, the terrors they've wrought upon themselves. All right, so uh, Father Tebow is sitting at his computer, um, and he gets an email Ding! of interest. So you open it. Sir? I hope this finds you well. Um, I, I found your listing on Craigslist through some search, and I hope you're the guy that can help uh, us out. Um, I am from a small town in uh, Colorado, and uh, we recently had a major uh, tragedy in the city. Um, 
See, every year we host a uh, festival of wool uh, near the Feast of Epiphany. Um, but due to a lack of city funds, uh, this year's feast was unable to take place. However, um, a couple of mornings ago, uh, one of our city workers uh, was near the bandstand, um, and that's where uh, everything changed. Uh, you see, um, he stumbled across um, our young mayor and his family, um, but they were all deceased. Um, the bodies are found uh, on, on the bandstand set up on chairs, uh, but they had all been uh, disemboweled. Uh, their stomachs were slit open. Um, all of their internal organs had been removed. Uh, they were stuffed with straw and pebbles and then sewn closed. Um, this is a bit beyond our uh, uh, governance and, and understanding. And it also appeared that there were some maybe ritualistic markings also uh, painted in blood near the bodies. Um, I really hope uh, you are the man uh, that will be able to help us. Um, if you can stomach it, I have attached a, a couple of crime scene photos to give you a, a better uh, picture of, of what was found. Um, please uh, hope to hear from you soon. Um, and it's signed uh, by Mason Sanders, Deputy Mayor, Klein, Colorado. And so I think uh, you opened the attachment. You said um, that was the sheriff? Uh, Deputy Mayor. Deputy Mayor, okay. Because um, the mayor's yeah, dead. The, well, yeah, no, I caught that. His family got turned into scarecrows. I was listening. How many members are there of this family? As a, there's a wife and how many children? Yeah, so you open uh, the attachment. You see this photo. Uh, it's your traditional bandstand, a very just kind of ornate gazebo-looking bandstand you'd see in a small town that does these sorts of festivals. Um, you know, probably center block walls, a concrete floor. Um, and in the middle uh, arranged uh, are four chairs uh, with the deceased bodies, uh, the the mayor uh, and his wife on either end. There are two uh, children uh, between them, uh, both uh, under 12 I'd probably say uh, a girl age nine uh, and a son age 11. I do declare. Um, and you can see just kind of blood splattered all over. Um, you're not entirely sure, uh, and it can't be quite seen from the photos if possibly they were killed there or uh, maybe moved there. Uh, but you can uh, see that they are naked. Uh, you can see the um, offhand stitching where they were sewn up and the kind of bulkiness in, in their guts where the uh, the rocks and the straw are now situated. Yeah, that's, uh, oh, that's, oh my. A, that's a human scarecrow, all right. <clears throat> uh, and then, then the second one um, of the, the photos attached are, are just some kind of archaic type of symbols you might see. A Catalytic kind of, maybe yeah. A, uh, pentagrams or other sorts of uh, symbolism you might uh, assault, uh, associate with the cult. Dear Mr. Sanders, we have received your message, and we will reply as soon as we can. We, we, we hope to be in your lovely village by uh, Monday. However, we want to inform you that we are not the police, and if this turns out to be of natural circumstances, we will turn this over to proper authorities, uh, CSBI, I'm sure. 
I kept going into British. I don't know why it happens. It just keeps happening. Uh, you have to do a lot of, if, uh, do a lot of I, practicing if, on this voice. If I, if I talk too long in it, it seems to just get away from me. But nonetheless, uh, we will come and do some initial investigation. And if there's any aid that we can provide, we will do our best to do so. Sincerely, Father Titus T. Beauregard and Ed. Thanks. <laughs> Okay, so you hit. I really send. didn't think you were going to include me on that email. I'm quite. <clears throat> That's very touching. Thank you. Uh, so Father uh, Tebow uh, replies, and then uh, Ed, you're there. I think visiting with him. So what's that kind of final interaction there? Oh, I was definitely looking over his shoulder the whole time. I was like, "Will you open those crime scene photos?" I, I turned over and said, "Hey, Ed, I've got." Oh, there you are. Yeah, I was. You're already always there. there. You asked me if I if the uh, symbols made any sense to me, and I called you a racist for assuming I knew magical <laughs> languages. Uh, good times were had by all. Uh, so yeah, I we're very excited about this. Yeah, yeah. I imagine we we loaded up and got in the car, right? Right. Uh, uh, Whose car is it? You drive. Who drives? I assume that I'm doing the driving. I assumed you would assume you were doing the driving. That makes sense. I only sleep two hours a night, and he wants to drive the whole I do through. not believe we would try to fly. For TSA, I do not believe we'll let you buy. No, I have. Uh, I got way harder at the 9-11. You wouldn't believe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the first thing wouldn't let me fly as an unaccompanied minor for a little bit. Would you believe it? Uh, I would. <laughs> All right, and so at that point, uh, Father Tebow uh, starts to pack his away bag. Um, possibly already has a little bag pre pre prepped uh, for these sorts of affairs. Uh, maybe with any kind of weaponry or or needed uh, necessities, he would take with him. Um, and then, Ed, do you do you travel with anything? Uh, no, I mean snacks. Uh, you, know, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe a case of beer, uh, or you know. Uh, I do little, believe I can help you with that. You know, a little, a uh, little, little grass to make the drive uh, slower, if you know what I mean. Uh, but you know, he's he's it. You know, I got the clothes on my back. I got uh, I got my brass knuckles in my jacket pocket. Should things uh, heat off, I got my cargo pants on. Uh, who needs? You know, I got the skateboard in the trunk. Who we, we're ready to go. All right, and so uh, you finish packing up. Uh, you head out the door. Uh, Ed follows behind, forgets to lock up, and you guys drive off on your way to Klein, Colorado, as we start Good Trash Archdiocese.